We welcome you to the media ministries of the Gathering Church in the Countryside YMCA of Mainville. As we love the Lord and each other, we're trusting that God would use us to plant a church in every YMCA around the world. To this end, would you join us? We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and in community groups throughout the week. As you listen to this resource, our prayer is that your love for Jesus would grow deep and your love for others would be seen and heard. Let's pray together. So Lord, today, that's our our fresh bread, the newness that we're craving. We are praying this morning that as we come to you and we, we bring to you our challenges, our longings, areas that we are not satisfied, we are asking collectively that you alone would meet us, fulfill us, and be our joy and crown. Lord, after singing and praying and feasting on your word, would you accomplish that for your people this morning? We celebrate the things that you have already accomplished. We love it that you created. And when you created, all was good, male and female. We love it that you sent your son Christ and that he accomplished the great work on the cross, satisfying your wrath and forgiving those who believe their sins. And Lord, now we're asking, would you accomplish this great request in our hearts that you would once again today refill and renew us by the power of your spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. And kids, at this time, you're dismissed. Ages seven and lower can head back to the gathering lights for our children's ministry. Looks like the Allens, Tim and Susie, are leading that up. Go get them, guys. Well, welcome. If you're new here, visiting here, my name is Mike Newman. I'm the pastor And um, each January, we have the great privilege of reviewing the foundations of our church um, and how how we talk about them and how we view them and communicate them is by way of three arrows. Um, Up arrow, in arrow, and out arrow, uh, uh, it's meant to just clarify and simplify the the purposes of our lives and our church together. Um, And so we say up is, is our calling, our purpose to love God and pursue Him with all that we are, everything that we've got. Uh, the in arrow to grow in Christ with others together. Or we can say um, um, making disciples of one another, helping one another grow in Christ deeper and closer to Him. And then the out arrow to, to reach out to the lost, to take light to the darkness, to tell others um, what someone else has told us, the saving knowledge of Christ and how to be saved. And so um, that's what we're going to do in the month of January. Uh, if you are uh, kind of type A and looking for a schedule, um, this morning is like up Sunday. We're devoting our time to, um, to look at the scripture with regards to how does a person um, and a church 
go to God and love him and glorify him with their lives. Uh, next Sunday, we'll look at, a, um, uh, at scripture again and look at what it calls us to do with regards to pursuing one another. The next Sunday, January 22nd, are you, are you guys okay? Me kind of like downloading our calendar on you. But the 22nd, Kristen's like, I love this. I love it. Yes, you have it in Excel. <laughs> the 22nd is called Sanctity of Life Sunday. And uh, we'll devote our time to talking about the worth of a person, um, the worth of life. And then the 29th um, will be our last Sunday in Foundations, and that'll be our Out Sunday, uh, our Mission Sunday. Um, how are we to be used from God to reach the lost? And we'll, we'll have a guest speaker that Sunday named Dale Norris from the state of Washington. He's on the board of the City Movement. Um, he'll be coming in and uh, preaching from Luke chapter 4. So it'll be a great month. I'm excited to grow with you in this. And uh, if you weren't here last week and missed the emails or whatever, that's okay. Just a, sh a brief update is that this Sunday um, kicks off our 21-day fast. And so as a church, each January, we devote time to seeking the Lord and praying. And uh, um, if that catches you off guard, that's okay. Uh, you don't have to like, oh no, I got to quick get things in order or whatever. It, it's going to look different for everyone. Um, that might mean skipping a meal once a week. It might mean um, um, saying no to various things or whatever. But we want to call our church collectively to seek the Lord together in these next 21 days. Um, and a part of that, fasting and praying, um, last week I, I, we taught on it. Uh, a part of that is we want to encourage you, if we're going to collectively fast, we want to collectively pray together. And so we are calling um, you, if you haven't been to prayer yet at nine, we want to invite you once again. Uh, this morning it was packed out. Um, there's going to be this Sunday, next Sunday, the 22nd and the 29th. Would you consider making two out of the three more? Okay. And so come at nine, we pray for 30 minutes, and then we're fellowshipping and welcome people to church afterwards. We would love to do that. Okay, so this Sunday, we're talking about Up Sunday, what it means to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And um, part of my role as a pastor is to expose and teach to you the whole counsel of God. When Paul, the Apostle Paul, when he was looking at his elders um, at Ephesus on the beach, saying goodbye to him in Acts 20, he said, um, I didn't shrink back from declaring to you the whole counsel. And so really my aim in my whole life is to give you all of this. And so this Sunday, we're going to preach through the whole book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk. And so if you would, go ahead and turn there. The, the sermon title is Habakkuk's Prayer. Uh, and the reason that um, I am highlighting um, prayer and choosing the book of Habakkuk for this Sunday is that um, in my lifetime of walking with the Lord, um, I have never seen anyone flourish if they're not in the Word and if they're not in prayer. If they're not spending time in God's Word, reading the Bible, and spending time talking to God in prayer, I've never seen them grow. 
It's a, it's an, a vital aspect of the Christian. And the Christian who has the Spirit of God um, wants this. Yet, we need help in it. Amen? Um, oftentimes in January, people get a, a reading plan going, which is wonderful. It's good structure with regards to how to read the Bible. Yet oftentimes we're not helped in the area of prayer. Can I get an amen on that? Prayer oftentimes gets the most dry and the most directionless in our life. And so Habakkuk today is going to help us pray. In 2023, we're going to learn what it means to grow in prayer. And I trust and I have been praying that you would never forget this Sunday. And that as a result of being here today, your love for God would increase. Your trust in Him would would deepen. Uh, your enjoyment of Him would come alive. You'd, you'd pray more. Not a result of a, a checklist or like, oh, i got to just pray more. But that you would want it. That you would want Him more through prayer. If you don't know where the book of Habakkuk is, that's okay. Um, you can straight up go to the table of contents right now. No shame in that. Uh, Habakkuk is called a minor prophet. All minor means is that he wrote a shorter book. The major prophets, they wrote long books. And next week, we're going to do Jeremiah, which is a longer book. Okay, We're going to do an overview of Jeremiah next week. Um, so uh, if you're like um, Amos, if you're like in the middle of the Bible, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum. Man, you're on it. All right. If you're in Matthew, take a left a little bit and you'll get there. Here's a little bit of background in this book as we parachute in this Old Testament kind of or seemingly random book for us. Okay? Habakkuk was a prophet during, um, during a tumultuous time in the history of Israel and Judah. Um, he ministered to the people of Judah while there, was, um, while there was great international challenges and trouble um, and international transfers of powers. Um, first, uh, Assyria came in and took over the land, uh, occupied the land. We're talking about um, 7th and 8th century B.C. kind of stuff in terms of uh, timeline. Uh, after the Assyrians were there, the Babylonians marched in, uh, claimed the Holy Land led by King Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, history records the Babylonian takeover um, uh, with three particular dates, 605, 597, and 586 B.C. There's not going to be a test. Um, on that, you don't have to remember that. What I do want you to remember is that um, those three dates summarize about 20 years of being taken over by two major governments, two major armies. Um, just to speak real to you, um, my fellow Americans, we can't really identify with that. Uh, some of you were alive when 9-11 happened, so we have a taste 
of what that feels like on our homeland, but 20 years of being invaded and having your safety rattled. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Um, I was worried about during the week getting good grades. On Friday night, I was worried about my basketball games. On Sunday, I was worried about the NFL. That was my life, not, not these guys. And that's the, the context of, of who and uh, Habakkuk is ministering to and what's going on. And the people of God, sad to say, during those challenging times, were looking everywhere else but God for help. It's kind of like that old song, looking for love and all the... That was like Israel. They were looking for help everywhere else except the Lord. And that burdened Jeremiah, Habakkuk's temporary. And he addressed the people. Uh, Habakkuk responded differently to, to all, this, all this mess, all this rubble, all these attacks, and all the people going elsewhere except the Lord. He was burdened differently. He was disturbed by the fact that, that here we go, ready? That he, a believer, a follower of Yahweh, went to God, was praying, and he was seeing all this injustice. He was seeing all these righteous people seek the Lord sometimes. And he himself was praying, God, would you, would you help us? And it seemed like God wasn't listening. And it was like God wasn't answering prayer and God wasn't moving and working on a Habakkuk's timetable. Any, anyone else ever been there? You pray, you pray, you pray. And it's like, Lord, are you listening? Does this prayer stuff even work? Do you even care? And so we're going to see Habakkuk not actually address the people of Judah, but it's kind of going to be like we're opening Habakkuk's prayer journal and he just prays for three chapters to God and addresses and goes to him with some of the deepest issues of life that we have all and we are all experiencing. And so what we're going to see as we journey through Habakkuk is that we're going to see Habakkuk number one, lament. We're going to talk about what that means. We're going to see him two, trust. And we're going to see him three, sing. We're going to see him sing. And what I mean by that is that what I mean by sing is that we're going to see him move from taking his, his deep yearnings and confusion and challenges and questions. We're going to see him take them to the Lord. We're going to see it, the process move from trusting. And then we're going to see him arrive at this place kind of like what we just sang 
where he's praying, 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 and his circumstances don't necessarily change. Well, they don't change. But his end prayer is that my soul would be satisfied in God alone. What we just sang. That's where we're headed. Are you ready? Let's do it together. Number one, lamenting. Prayer and lamenting. So here we are in chapter 1, of verse 1 of the book of Habakkuk. This is the word of the Lord. The oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Or cry to you, violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity? And why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. Verse 4. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. So justice goes forth perverted. If you're here you came in maybe a little late or your mind was like man i don't even know what we're having for lunch and all of a sudden newman's dropping this heavy like load on us what's the deal we're talking about prayer prayer is vital in the christian life all of us are wondering how do i grow more maybe some of us have have had a new year's resolution resolution like i think i'd like to grow in prayer but i if i would guess most of us have had some sort of resolution to like lose a couple pounds because that's visible. But prayer is something that is unseen. You can't like grab a hold of it all the time and so we forget about it. And so we're, we're rallying around this book. We're saying, how does this dude pray? And what we're saying first is look at how he goes to God lamenting. If we're honest though, if your first reaction to these first couple of verses was, oh, I, I wasn't thinking lamenting, Mike. I was actually thinking he's complaining to God. That certainly looks like complaints. If you're familiar with Scripture, a, a great complaining psalm is Psalm 73. It's the psalm of, of Asaph when he goes to God and he says, the righteous are being afflicted, the wicked are prospering, and God, what in the world is going on? That's Psalm 73. Habakkuk saying the same thing. It doesn't seem right. And so here's, here's my question for the gathering, for our church. Ready? Is it okay that Habakkuk talks like that to God? Kind of sound it like if we frame it like he's complaining. There's something in us that says, is that a trick question, Mike? Uh, wait, no, you should never complain. And then like passages come to mind like, do, do everything without complaining or grumbling. And so upon hearing this, you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't think we or us or Habakkuk, I don't think we should ever do that should never talk like that to God. And if, our, if that's our reaction, our prayers become really cheesy or rote and they become 
really surfacy. And number two, if, if, if that's our reaction, number two would be maybe like, well, if I can't, if I can't speak to God with, with what's actually happening in my life, then I just won't. And so people either just like pray in a cliche manner or they just stop praying because they don't feel welcome to bring their complaints or laments to God. But what Habakkuk is doing is he is lamenting. And lamenting is distinctly Christian. It's a Christian thing to do, to lament. Uh, here's what I mean, okay? Um, everyone cries. Um, when you came out of your mama's belly, ain't nobody taught you how to cry. You just did it. Except my Ruthie, of course. <laughs> Ruthie came out, right? Remember that? She was like, what's going on? This kid's like, awesome. <laughs> but everyone cries. Um, early in life, uh, you know, when you, when you skin a knee, um, uh, later in life, in your old age, crying is um, a part of mankind, a part of humanity. Everyone experiences that. It's what it means to be human in part. But lamenting is different. Uh, lamenting is how we, we bring our sorrows to God. It's how we bring our grief to Him. And so again, to lament is a Christian thing. Uh, the critic would say, no, 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 no. No, Christian, Christians shouldn't lament. We should rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Lamenting, the critic says, shows that you actually don't trust God. No. Let me read to you in his book, Rejoicing in Lament. Uh, this guy named Todd Billings helps us understand actually the opposite. Lamenting is an expression of trust. Watch this. A little bit longer of a quote. It is precisely out of trust that God is sovereign, that the psalmist, in Habakkuk we would say, that the psalmist repeatedly brings laments and petitions to the Lord. If the psalmist had already decided the verdict that God is indeed unfaithful, they would not continue to offer their complaint. Did you hear that? If the psalmist had already decided the verdict that God is indeed not faithful, they would not continue to offer the complaint. So lamenting, friends, brothers and sisters, is, is rooted in what we believe, that God is good and that the world is messed up and that He can fix things through the powerful Gospel. And so how do we bridge that gap? world's messed up. God's good. He can fix it. How do we bridge that? Lament. We, we lament. We pray and bring our pain to God, trusting in His promise. Lamenting is Christian. Uh, let me just pause. You got something that you're lamenting about? 
something's going on in your life that you're deeply grieving, struggling, confused with, um, I would imagine 100% of you is like, yes. I don't need a show of hands. Um, let me ask it this way, though. Um, before I even asked, maybe you had something deep in your, in your heart, in your life that's going on, and you just didn't have quite the words struggling with it, but you didn't have the freedom to say, yes. Yes, I am grieving. I am lamenting. I just didn't really know what was going on because I'm an onion. I got a lot of layers. Sometimes when you put the biblical word and frame, frame it, it provides so much freedom to actually walk in it. It's like a key that opens the door for you to be authentic with God, with your real life and struggles and confusion and frustrations and anger and everything. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the gift of lament in our prayers. If you're there, welcome. To lament is to bring God your prayers of sorrows, confusion, grief, and pain. And check this out. Lamenting always leads to trust. That's point number two, trust. And just a, a reminder, um, the sermon in our order of worship this morning is a little bit early. And we're going to give you a chance for, um, for a little bit longer of a response when we close up uh, our time in the Word. We're going to have a, a, a song of lament. We're going to have a song of trust, point two. And we'll have a song of joyful singing and satisfaction. And you're going to have a chance today to bring something to God and, and lament about it in a Christian manner. So be thinking about what it is that you want to bring to the Lord. Uh, number two, trust. Okay, so uh, I've, I read about a church uh, that is growing and learning about what it means to lament together and what it means to trust the Lord together. And um, the pastor uh, was meeting with one, one of the small groups of the church. And what he did was he, um, everyone was sitting in a circle and he put a chair in the center of the circle, and he said, and now we're going to have a time of lamenting. Is there anyone that would like to lament um, to the Lord with your, with your small group, with your community group? And after a few moments of awkward silence, right, we've all been there, um, a, a couple stood up. The, the wife sat down in the chair, and the husband put his hands on her shoulders, and she lamented to her group and it was recorded and it and she she prayed through a psalm and it went like this this is a couple that was struggling to to have children and they were they were struggling with infertility how long O oh lord will you forget me forever how long will you withhold the blessings of a child from us how long will we cry out to you? How many more days, months, years will pass 
with our arms remaining empty? How long will we rejoice with those who get pregnant, yet weep at home alone? How long, O oh Lord? Lament. Watch her prayer turn to trust. But I have trusted in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Thank you, Father. What a great prayer, huh? Honest, lament, spirit-filled, directed trust. You see how it always comes back to trust? And that's what happened with Habakkuk. So if you're still there, Habakkuk mourned, lamented, wept. He's got sorrow. Watch verse 5 with me, okay? God says, so Habakkuk prayed, now God responds, look among the nations and see. This is a great verse. Wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. Isn't that a great verse? Habakkuk expresses his concern. The Lord replies with, I'm working. I am listening. I'm doing something. I'm not sure if you would get it if I told you. I want you to trust me. Uh, what's crucial to understand in the context of this book is that God was working in a, in a way that Habakkuk was not expecting or probably was not wanting. Um, I'm sure we've all been there. God was raising up a nation to punish His people for their covenant faith, unfaithfulness. And it really raised the problem um, for Habakkuk, which is why he came to the Lord Hey, I thought we were not a wicked nation. How are and why are you punishing us with a wicked nation? Why are you punishing God's chosen people? Notice how Habakkuk handled his questions when he lamented, and now he's brought into this state of trust. He could have responded after God gives him this answer with with. Um, with a speaking schedule all over Judah. Oh, okay. I've got to just like, I've got to go around and just tell everyone. Uh, yet instead, he continues to stay in it with the Lord. He continues to pray. And fortunately for us, he continues to bring his questions to God in prayer. And God gives him answers. God responds. The revelation of God, it came to Habakkuk, the prophet, as he listened to God. And now it is in God's word. We can say anything to God in prayer. And this should comfort you. Because the best place to take our questions is to God. Uh, so what then? So Newman, okay, lament, trust, and just like pray. Like what, what more is there in this book? Um, if you're into word pictures or images, this book is kind of shaped like an hourglass where um, 
Everything flows into one verse and flows out of one verse. And it's smack dab in the middle. It's in chapter 2 of verse 4. Would you meet me there? Habakkuk 2 verse 4 says, Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him. Here we go. But the righteous shall live by faith. You've read that. You've heard that uh, in the book of Romans. Now we're seeing it from one of the minor prophets. Uh, friends, um, if you're here, if you're not a believer today, um, you need to know that to obtain proper standing with God, or we would say like proper legal standing with God, the only way to stand before Him in a righteous way, because the righteous will live by faith, is to be justified by Him. Meaning, to trust His Son Jesus for forgiveness of your sins, to be made whole, to be brought to God. Jesus, when He died on the cross, forgave the sins of those who believe so that you can have a right standing with God. If you want to know God, you must believe in Jesus. He is the only way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. That's to be saved. But to, to walk with God is actually the same process. You must go to Him by faith. Theologians call it progressive sanctification. It would be to continue to trust Him with all things in your life. In spite of circumstances, in spite of hardships, ups, downs of life, to trust Him with all things. We, as followers of Jesus, can go to Him by faith. He's established this process through His Son, and He's given us a great record or a track record of, of flawlessness in His promises. We can actually trust Him because He's proven to be trustworthy through all of time recorded in Scripture. Thus, to live in light of Scripture, rather than living in the light of experience, we can trust the promises of Scripture and go to Him by faith. Plain language, you got anything that you need to trust the Lord for these days? Anything that's going on in your life that you can't quite make sense of or you can't quite see? Anything that you don't get that you're like, I don't know how this is going to work out, Lord. And you got to trust Him. The beautiful thing in the Christian life is that He helps you walk the path of faith. He helps you trust Him if you ask Him. And here's number three. Sing. Here's chapter three. And we're in verses 17 to 19. Truthfully, I don't know um, if singing is like the best third point or the best title for, for this part. I, I don't know if Habakkuk's singing in here. Um, I, I don't know. Um, but uh, 
I don't know if this is factually true, but it seems like it. <laughs> um, have you ever tried whistling when you're angry? I, I, I'm pretty confident to say it's physically impossible. You can't do it. Like, try it next time. Like, you're in an argument or whatever. Like, like on the right on the heels of arguing, try to whistle. It's like you can't do it. And so, like, I I think Habakkuk when he was upset in chapter one, and then chapter two, he's 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 trusting the Lord. Now he's he's whistling. He's content in the Lord. He's. He's okay with, and not just, oh, I'm okay with it. He's like, yes, I'm content in how the Lord works and what He does. I want Him. And I, I like how He works. This is where He arrives. And that's what I mean by singing. He's like, He's singing. He's whistling now. He's, he's, he's with the Lord. God brought Him on this process. Let me read it for us. If you have um, read Habakkuk, these are like the most famous verses um, in, in this book. Verse 17. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. And that's the end of the book. <laughs> No, no, look at 18. Yet, watch this. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Question. What got Habakkuk from chapter 1 to chapter 3. Prayer. Prayer did it. When I look back at, at personally my life in 2022, we've all had highs and lows. Um, my low, I remember, I distinctly remember going, I know that was... That was why I was low. I wasn't in the Word that week. I wasn't in prayer. I was an arrogant man that week. I thought I could do it all on my own that week. I thought my personality, my, my, my skills, my experience, my the previous, what I was, I was living on yesterday's bread or laugh. I thought I could just be fine. And as I look at it, I go, I wasn't a praying man that week. And that rocked my week. It rocked my wife. rocked my family. I remember that week I repented to you guys of it. Going, man, I'm just as messed up as you are. And since then, I've committed... And by God's grace, by the Holy Spirit working in me, that I've committed to take, whenever I'm anxious or worried or, or whatever, I've committed to, before I talk to someone else about it, 
my wife or kids, or before I just start venting, because that's healthy to be authentic. No, it's not. I've committed to take it to the Lord in prayer first. And it has totally transformed my inner man, my heart. It's done a work in me. But it's not this this message is not like, hey, you want to get from chapter one to chapter three? Just pray. Just just start praying then, right? Like five minutes of prayer a day will keep the doctor away. Your your life will get smooth. You'll feel better about it if you just start talking to God. So just do it. No. Look at Habakkuk. Look at how his situations, his circumstances actually didn't change. Did you read with me verse 17? Like he's starving still. There's no meat. He can't have a steak. Well, he's Jewish, so, you know. There's no cattle in the stall. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord, in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. At the end of the day, prayer changed his perspective from wanting everything else to just wanting God. He just he wanted Him at the end of the day. Christ, our, our ultimate example in everything, but for this Sunday in prayer, He lamented too. You're not alone in your lament. He also trusted the Father and also became content and satisfied in Him and the will of the Father for Him. You remember it? Mount of Olives, he's praying. Luke records, the doctor, Luke records that his sweat, he was, he was in such turmoil and he was under such pressure that his, his sweat became like drops of blood. Let me read it for you. You don't have to go there. Just re receive this example from Luke 22. I'll start in verse 39 if you want to just jot it down and return to it later. This is Christ praying. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven strengthening him. Isn't that a great part? And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You see, even Christ went through this process of lamenting and trusting. The Father, so in love with the Son, in this process, sends an angel to strengthen Him. Even Christ was not alone in His suffering. In Christ, when He strengthened Him, He didn't have false compassion. didn't say, oh, 
I'll take the suffering from you. But because the Father was so in love with Christ and so in love with you, He didn't remove the suffering from His Son, but laid the suffering on Him and strengthened Him to go through it so that you would know Him through His Son. He loves you. He hasn't forgotten you in your lamenting. He hasn't forgotten you. You can trust Him because He dealt wise and fair and, and like true to Himself with His Son. How much more so with His children? Friend, there is a wonderful process for you today. This week in the Christian life, there's a wonderful process for you Modeled by Christ. Given to us in a Habakkuk. Ready for you to live out. And it's this process of lamenting, trusting, and joyfully singing and being content in God. So let me just take those three things and we'll close up our time together, okay? If you are lamenting, if you're lamenting, people of God, lament and grieve well. Do it well. Don't be ashamed of lamenting. Go to the Lord. If you are in the valley of the shadow of death, don't try to run out of there. Psalm 23 says, walk. Don't rush the process. It's okay to lament. It's biblical. Lament to God. Tell others that you're lamenting. Let others come with you to bear the burdens that you're experiencing of lamenting. But also, Christian, listen up. Let's not move from if you're lamenting too fast. Ready? You're not meant to live in lament stage. <laughs> you don't have to stay there forever. God wants you to bring you eventually out of it. You don't have to be Eeyore Christian all the time. Put your shoulders back. Hold your chest up high. God is the lifter of your head. You don't have to lament your whole life. Don't live in chapter 1, Christian. He wants you to live in chapter 3. So, we've got to get to a place where we're trusting the Lord. And allowing the Lord to bring us from chapter 1, 2, 3. And that process happens through prayer. Walking by faith. Remember I asked, hey, you got anything you want? You need to trust the Lord with? As you look to 2023, surely there is something on your calendar or there's a relationship, family member, friend, neighbor, whatever. There's something that is going to cause you to walk by faith. I'm not like predicting the future. I just know this is how it works in life. <laughs> God loves to be trusted. There's going to be things He's going to call you to trust Him with this year. Maybe something you don't have the answers to. Something you don't get. Something that you maybe you expected it to happen this way or you are expecting and it won't go your way. Something that you think you're strong and you think you've got it. And you come to the place and you're weak. 
You're going to have to trust Him to be your strength. Friends, never forget Habakkuk. Walk by faith, not by sight. Trust Him. He will be your strength. Amen? One more. Singing. Friends, I don't know all the circumstances of your life. But I, I do know from reading Habakkuk, I can say fairly that not all of your circumstances in 2023 will change. Habakkuk's did not. His heart did. His heart did by chapter 3. Prayer and faith got him to the point of contentment in God. And he enjoyed resting in God's strength. He liked it. He worshipped him in it. Will you pray for this for yourself this year? Will you pray this for your church? Would you pray that the Lord's will would be done in and through you? Would you pray that God would get so much glory in your life and through your life this year in 2023? Not so that the, your name would be remembered or praised or whatever, but so that God's name, His renown would be known. Would you pray that? Let's respond to God's Word. Joe, would you come lead us? Let me pray for us. And then we'll take this time of lamenting and trusting and singing to the Lord. Let's pray. And so, Father, we humbly are so grateful for what you have given us, this, this prayer in Habakkuk. I pray that it would inform our prayers every day this year. Lord, that your people would have the freedom to go to you with all that they are, with their lamenting. Lord, that your people would walk by faith. Lord, that your people would sing and be content in you alone. Would you, would you grant us that power that, it, that we have only access to through your Holy Spirit? Would he renew us and refresh us, minister to us in such a way where we can pray. We love you. We want to know you more. In Jesus' name.